Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. For today, we're gonna to be talking to Rick Recon. Uh, he's pretty known throughout the Northeast area. Uh, for the closest indie to me is Immortal Championship Wrestling where he's uh, a, a top draw and top face. Everybody goes nuts for him. And uh, that's actually one of the reasons I'm really excited to have him on is because you know he's a, he's a local guy who you know is doing great things. Uh, very talented wrestler so to be able to talk to him is, is really cool and i appreciate him taking the time so by now you know the deal sit through the ad and then on the way back we'll be talking to rick recon all right everybody we are back and we are with rick, uh, rick recon as i was saying uh in the opening you know a wrestler throughout the northeast very talented uh a, a big part of immortal championship wrestling our local indie you know just an all-around dude whose work i truly appreciate and i truly appreciate you being on the show thank you man thank you for having me uh, no problem. I appreciate that. Uh, so we'll just head right into this. Um, was there a moment where you knew that you were going to be a wrestling fan for the rest of your life? I really wouldn't say there was a moment for that, honestly. I mean, there was a moment when I knew I, I wanted to be a wrestler. But as far as like a wrestling fan, I, I, I kind of started a little later than watching it. Than a lot of people, a lot of people always say, oh, you know, I grew up watching it with my dad, you know, when I was six or seven. I really started watching it when I was about 15 because my high school buddy put it on and it was Monday Night Raw and I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is actually like really cool. I really like this a lot. And uh, it was just fantastic, uh, you know, just showmanship and athleticism. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, I can't really pinpoint a moment when I thought I was going to be a wrestling fan for life. But I can tell you, I knew when I was going to be uh, when I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, I think it's actually cool when I talk to people who became fans more as, you know, a teenager or an adult, because I feel like at that point, like if you're a kid and you start watching, all of the illusion is still there. But yeah. when you're older, it's not. And to still fall in love with it for everything that's great about wrestling is just is just totally incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that you brought the fact of the illusion. Like, I could, I had already heard the whole thing of, um, that god awful four letter words of fake, which it's, I can tell you it's not from the numerous injuries I've had. Uh, you know, scripted, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that, but. But even even still, I said oh, this is fantastic. And uh, you know, what to me when you if you know that something might be scripted, but you're still watching it, and you're still wondering how they did that, and uh, you know, you go, damn, that, that that had to hurt. I don't care what anyone says; that had to hurt. That's the I think that's the magic of what pro wrestling is, at least to me. Uh, definitely, I'm with you there. Uh, and yeah, I will never ever. Anytime anyone says it's fake, I immediately cut them off, shut them down. Uh, the first match I ever had in a ring, the first punch the dude didn't pull, and I got just clobbered in the face. And that was the moment I realized, huh, this is going to be a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> wild ride is an understatement, <laughs> my friends. Trust me, it really is. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you knew the moment you wanted to be a pro wrestler. When was that? That was during the build-up and the program of Undertaker versus Edge leading up to WrestleMania 24. And then there's subsequent four or five main events in a row. You know, I have a following pay-per-views that followed it. Was It was just it was absolutely fantastic everything that they did um most one of the most underrated matches i feel uh in mania history was those two uh, i was absolutely fantastic match from start to finish uh you, i was on the edge of my seat from beginning to end i still go back and watch it it still holds up today and like i said their program afterwards uh was just top tier Absolutely awesome. And it led me to kind of just like, although like it's not just what you do in the ring necessarily as far as movements, but a lot of times it's the story that you tell that, that makes those things matter. So that was, 
I would say that was the moment I kind of knew like, man, this is, this is so sweet. I got to do this. Like I absolutely have to do this. No question. Yeah. And you mentioned the whole telling the story part, which is, is a big deal. It's probably one of the biggest deals in wrestling. And I feel like we're in an era where it's kind of overlooked. It really is. Um, it's fine when you can do um, a billion incredibly athletic, you know, things in the ring as dives, flips. That's, you know, that's wonderful and all that. And I'm certainly not taking it away from anyone that does that or can do that. But to me, the over-reliance on that as opposed to being able to cut a decent promo, bring the people in the door, and then make sure that they keep coming back because of the stories and the characters that are portrayed in the in and out of the ring uh that to me is um that to me is the money yeah that's what made the money back in the 80s 90s etc um that's to me that's that if that was brought more into the wrestling that we have now um i really feel that that would catapult this industry back up to you know where it was uh obviously you know just take away the whole pandemic pause um you know wrestling was really on the rise whether it was uh you know different tv promotions or you know the independence was on the rise and i feel that it will continue to rise once this is all over in fact i think it'll actually explode just due to the fact that people are craving that kind of entertainment but uh yeah, I really feel that if you actually had, you know, people pushed their gimmicks, their characters and their stories, that is what's going to actually keep people coming back rather than just watching it and saying, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was cool. Do you have anything else? And then changing the channel. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of enjoying a spot fest. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I totally understand them and I'm fine with them. But it's something I don't want a whole show of. I definitely want to be exposed to the psychology and the storytelling of a match and a character because, you know, that is what draws people in. And sometimes I feel like wrestlers are more maybe focused on what could catch someone's eye than they are about, you know, telling their story and getting their character over. So I feel like your interpretation of it is is very well said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I said, it's just that was something that was that was taught to me. I was I was taught both the in-ring work and as well as the actual uh storytelling aspect of it so that's something that i try to bring to the matches that i have and um you know that, that's i've always tried to do that i always try to tell a story in the ring i always try to do uh put out promos to draw people in to get them interested in it because uh that's what Stands out. Now, if you can promo and you, you really are good at it, it stands out, you know, because a lot of guys do it. Yeah, and I feel like we're in an era where there's so many opportunities and platforms for wrestlers to be doing these promos. I mean, with all the social media attention that, that people get, why wouldn't you take advantage of it and constantly put out promos? And I feel like not a lot of people do that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it also has to do with just differences in generation where um, a lot of people are used to communicating through now, communicating through, uh, you know, text or comments on social media, etc., as opposed to actually speaking. So I don't think it's just a wrestling thing. I think it's it's a byproduct of how society is now. And I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole for this. <laughs> Trust me, we'll be here for a while. I don't, I don't get into like politics or anything weird stuff like that, but just like, I think that that's where it's coming from is people are forgetting how to communicate with their voice. And now it's now communicating with their fingers. So uh, I think that's why that stands out. If you can actually talk people in the building. Because it's a lost art. Oh, it is. And it, it's something that is, is very needed. 
and we're I feel like a lot of the, the local promotions, I mean just in this area, are lucky because there are people that can still do that and can draw tons of heat. Um like for instance, uh, your feud with Bin Hameen was great because both of you knew how to tell the story and both of you can talk, and that's very helpful in getting all the fans, you know, eating it out of your paws. Yes, exactly. That's that's why that that's why that worked. Um, because, you know, he can, he can talk and he does, he does his thing, you know what I mean? You know, regardless of how you, you know, certain people might feel about him or, you know, how he portrays himself, uh, you know, he, he does know how to talk and he does know how to draw people in, you know, I, I just, I, my thing was I needed to, uh, measure up to that. Because, you know, if you're going to be deemed or seen as an actual credible threat, you need to meet the guy on his level. So that was something I was trying to do, not only, you know, in the ring, but also through the promos, you know, after that. Well, you guys did a great job, and I I enjoyed all the stuff you did together. Yeah, it was was good because it was... so many times where he was just like, you know, he sent me, he sent, uh, you know, Greek God Papadon to fight me instead of him. Or, you know, he didn't show up to a show because he said, oh, you're not, you're not worth my time, whatever. And it was like, finally, when I finally was able to get my hands on him, it was like, it was, you know, kind of game over for him. So it, it, it all led up perfectly, you know, perfectly well, honestly. And I, I'm actually really proud of that. Uh, you should be. And cause I feel like it's, it's harder for you know a lot of smaller promotions and, and indie promotions in general that aren't running every week sometimes it can be hard to tell the story because of how far apart shows can be so when the story is told perfectly it's awesome it's just it's a great thing to see yeah it absolutely is it's that and it, that you bring up a good point you know, hey, when you don't have weekly tv it's very hard to continue feuds so if you can continue that kind of interest and uh from the fans and you can continue a story like that. That's you really, you, you want to continue to do, you, you want to keep on that same path and keep on drawing them in. Like I said, like new fans, but also keep the ones you have to keep them interested. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the main goal. I mean, you always want to be attracting the new faces, but you don't want to shove your, your old crowd out the door at the same time. Exactly. Now, who were some of your favorites when you when you were watching when you started, and have they been an influence on your style at all? Well, like I, I brought up Edge and Undertaker, they're probably two of my um, favorites as far as uh, just their what they do, like their in ring work, their uh, work outside of the ring, as far as uh, their those characters. Because you know, I mean, it's you know, it's it's the Dead Man versus you know basically the you know radar superstar the rock star you know what i mean so that was that i think i think edge was an influence on kind of how my look is now honestly um just because like i've always loved his gear and always loved his look and everything like that um so i think that that was uh he's definitely an influence to me it's it's you know i i throw in the spear every now and again when uh, the the mood calls for it so uh you know that's that's one of them edge was always a big one but like for me undertaker was always he was he had just this presence about him no matter what no matter where he was no matter what he was doing he just had that presence and everyone was always drawn to him that was something that i always aspired to have not that i would ever be at that level because he's absolutely once in a lifetime talent you know uh, but just to have that in-ring presence where people just want to watch absolutely everything you do and buy into what you're selling, that was always something I aspired to be. Yeah, and you nailed it. Those are two guys that are supremely talented. And, you know, I, you're right. I don't think we will see characters like them again. I mean, especially Undertaker. Because just of how unique he he is and 
how many generations he's gone through and, and just anything he does is gold. And he's been lucky enough to be one of those, you know, Mount Rushmore wrestlers that is just top notch. Exactly. Yeah. Amen. Like there's no, there's no question to me. He should be on Mount Rushmore of, of you know, of the, the other three you can, you can, you know, people can debate about and bicker about or whatever, but I really feel like he should be, he should always be there. Uh, and also it's just simply from how long he's been doing it. You know, he's been doing it for 30 years at this point, just with, just with WWE alone. Yeah. And I feel 30 like years of the dead man, that's, that's insane. Granted, he's had different, you know, you know, various, uh, I want to say not gimmick changes, but you know, he's had, he's evolved and he's had different, uh, incarnations, but he's always been Undertaker. Yeah. And he's one of those rare guys where I feel like it doesn't matter where you would have placed him. He still would have been incredibly talented. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like he was. It's not like when he first started, he was. You know, he was. Eh. He was. He from from beginning to you know from to now. Like, doesn't matter what period you pick. He was always Undertaker. He was always phenomenal. That's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down, man. Now, when you first started wrestling, do you remember what your first goal was? Well, my first goal, honestly. It's kind of been it's been the same goal is to um, is to be the absolute best professional wrestler that I can be and to also be signed to a you know TV company TV contract because uh, that that's been goal the number one goal since day one you know whether it's with WWE or New Japan MLW and any of that because. TV is where you have the biggest platform to push your brand and your product. And I, I understood pretty quickly that you are your own brand. You are your own product. And, you know, as long as you are trying, you know, you're bringing something original to the table, you can do that. And I, But obviously TV is the best way to do that. So oh, that's been goal since day one. Yeah, and we're lucky enough right now where there is multiple you know, promotions that are on TV, you know, you have WWE, you have AEW, you have MLW, um, and, and so many other companies, oh, Impact, have a lot of streaming services that are also easily accessible for people to watch. Uh, you mentioned New Japan. Uh, I've been a New Japan World subscriber for years. So it, it, it and just them being a huge cult company is, is also a giant plus. But it's not hard at this point to, to get, your presence out there with all the streaming services. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's, that's been huge for wrestling. And I feel that, um, you know, certain companies have definitely taken advantage of that. Uh, you know, NWA being one of them because, you know, they, they do tapings and stuff, but you know, they, they, the resurrection of NWA was made possible by, the internet by social media by streaming services and by wrestling fans wanting and demanding a alternative you know that's just how it is so now that they have the option to have that they the um you can pick and choose so that gives the consumer a uh, uh power to you know to say well, this is kind of what we want to see and we want an alternative to this and okay, well, we'll provide that alternative. That was, and that's what NWA did. You know, that's what MLW does. That's what new Japan's been doing for decades now is being the alternative. And honestly, to me, new Japan is, uh, that's the ultimate goal for me more than anything, even more than WWE. Like, obviously I would love to go there or Chan XT, but New Japan for me is is where I'd want to go because as far as pure pro wrestling, I don't think there's any better on the planet than New Japan. Period. No, New Japan. Fantastic. Yeah, New Japan's the top, and this is a story I've told multiple times on this show. But as you know, 2001 ish, um, it was when I was kind of falling out of love with wrestling because I just didn't enjoy the WW, uh, WWF product at the time. And that was when I found out online, I could buy new Japan tapes and that's where my love for it started. And that's what kept me going through before I discovered indies and stuff. But yeah, new Japan for me for decades has been 
just a solid top class promotion with arguably the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, uh, hands down. I mean, all you got to do for me, all, all I have to do is if somebody's asking, like, you know, what's one what's one New Japan match that you, you would have somebody sit down and watch, like, if you wanted to try to sell it to them? And I actually did this with my dad. He, you know, he's, he's been a big supporter of mine, you know, from from day one as far as pro wrestling and going for it. But, you know, I sat him down and had him watch uh, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, the finals of the best of the Super Juniors from 2019. And that one match sold him entirely on it. It was an absolutely fantastic match. I don't think I've ever seen a better match, like, ever. Certainly not. And nothing like <laughs> WWE has nothing that could even come close to that for me. No. And those, those two guys, and those two guys were, you know, in terms of those were two other influences for me, because uh, there's stuff that, you know, that Osprey does that I absolutely love, and you know, emulate but put my own spin on it. Same thing with with Shingo, just because they're they're both fantastic talents. I mean, to me, you can't really get much better than that. No, and that was, <coughs> excuse me. That was my match of the year last year, by far. Nothing even came close to how awesome that match was. And that was just, you know, the cherry on top of the amazing year that Osprey had. Oh, he had bangers every week, I swear to God. It was like every week he had something where you were like, holy crap, dude. Yeah, he definitely solidified himself last year as a dude who's going to be a big part of New Japan moving forward. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned having them watch a match that might sell them. Shibata and Okada, to me, is just one of those ridiculously great matches because I felt like that was the spirit of New Japan. And it kind of sucks that it was Shibata's last match. Yeah, oh, I know, right? It really, really sucked because he, he kind of set that standard in New Japan, I feel, was that that type of style of, like, real real guys wrestling, you know, like actual pro wrestling, not just bodies, body stuff, which again, that, that has its time and place. And I, I love a lot of that stuff too, but you know I mean? It's just, it was grounded in pro wrestling. Shibata, you know, absolutely. Same with Okada too. Yeah. At that time, Shibata was hands down my favorite and I, I still get upset that we lost him, but you know, you gotta you gotta roll with it. Nothing else we can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, I mean, you know, we lost Edge for nine years and came back. Who knows? He could come back too at some point. You never know. I mean, I thought he was going to when they teased the Kenta turn, and he ran right in. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, he's yeah. back!" And then when they were like, "No, it was a one-off," I was like, "Oh, that's hurtful." All <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a, too much of a tease. But again, you never know. A lot, a lot of a lot of stuff can happen. A lot of things can change, and you know, who knows? He he could eventually get better from that. But yeah, wrestling is know. is always one of those never say never things. Exactly. Now, every time I've seen you at an immortal show, you always get one of the biggest pops of the night. Uh, you know, everybody goes nuts. You're you're a big deal there. How does it feel when you get that much support from the crowd? I mean, it's 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 awesome because it's not something that like I expected to have that kind of support. Like, you know, granted, I you know I have been wrestling in front of a lot of these fans, you know, for the past couple of years, um, you know, previously with uh, you know with Dynasty and all that, but then you know they fell by the wayside, and then Immortal you know, came through and a lot of their, a lot of their fans went over there because just they're from that area. And, uh, it, it means a lot because they appreciate what I do, you know, appreciate, they appreciate and love, you know, like what I give them. Cause you know, you, you, you are, you know, you're, you are bumping around, you know, you are beating your body up, you know, for the entertainment of the fans, which is why we do it. But when they give that respect back, whether it's either showering you in cheers or booze, you know, depending on what you uh, what you're trying to portray here, uh, 
you know, that means the world to us. It definitely means the world to me to have that from them. Yeah, it's just got to be such, like, a feeling of just being pure elated when you come out and you just hear the pop. Like, I can't even imagine, like, how that must get you hyped up and help you to perform better because, you know, you know the fans are into it. And I feel like that always yeah. makes a match ten times better. Oh, it always does. It always does. Like, I, I you know... There, there's some times where I, I've been to different places and and there's certain promotions in certain areas where like it's just the fans will be kind of weird where like you'll you'll be giving them this this you know this awesome match you know what I mean you know stuff that they would enjoy because you got a lot of times you have to tailor your match to you know the crowd you're in front of some of them you know want that New Japan style like they just want all out and then sometimes they just want very you know sort of old school-ish type match and you tailor it to the paying customer because let's face it that's that's just paying for the ticket like my, my one of the biggest things i was taught was don't try to pop the boys try to pop the crowd because the boys get in for free you know what i mean they get in for free they're in the back well Watching your match, don't try to pop them. Pop the customer because the customer and the fans is who's paying for those tickets to come in and watch you. So now what's great is if you can pop both, that's you're doing something right. But that was that was one of the things I was always taught. So when they pop like that, that shows me that they that's what they they appreciate that they love that they love what I'm doing. Now of course there, there's those random weird crowds where like you do everything to give them what they want and they just sit on their hands and you're just kind of like. Why'd you pay for a ticket then, man? Like, like, why'd you come if you're just gonna sit here, you know, and just kind of like look really glum the whole time? I've had that happen before, so that was actually I've had that happen when I I worked in the Bronx a couple times at a Bronx Wrestling Federation. Um, you know, good good place. You know, mostly a good crowd, but occasionally you just get like those one or two people that just they will not, they just will not do anything. I'm like, why are you here? No offense. <laughs> oh, no, I, t I totally get you. And I don't know. One, I feel like one of the hardest things is that, I mean, obviously, when it comes to any fandom, there are the people who become elitist and there's certain things that they feel are, you know, above others. And I mean, I feel like that was something I even dealt with for a while was, you know, because I've been watching wrestling for so long, I almost feel like I was almost ruining it for myself because you, you can't hold everything up to a standard that's not going to be, you know, you're not going to see every show you go to and you're just yeah. going to ruin wrestling for yourself. So anytime you go to a show, just enjoy what's in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you, a lot of times, like, yeah, like you said, like there's a standard, like you need to, you, a lot of people need to understand that this is independent. While a lot of you, a lot of the guys that are on these shows are incredibly talented you know what I mean, and and should be signed somewhere. Um, sometimes there are guys who aren't, and but people need to understand that this is not WWE. This is independence. You know what I mean? Like there's there's you're not always going to see that same level of um, talent or professionalism. You know what I mean? I'm again, I'm not. This isn't me throwing shade on anyone in particular at all. It's just like, it's, it's just, it is what it is. You need to, like, indie wrestling is different from WWE, and a lot of people need to understand that when they're going into it. You know what I mean? Just see what you're seeing and absolutely enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it for the entertainment. Enjoy it for the wrestling. Just have a good time. That's why, that's why you know, why you're there. That's me. If I'm going to a show, I've gone, I've gone and paid a ticket to an independent show and you know before i started to train as a wrestler and then after i trained as a wrestler and i you know i just enjoyed myself that's it yeah and and i'm totally with you there because and part of it is as you're saying indie is different from you know the tv promotions for for some of the people on these shows you don't know it could be their third fourth fifth match you can't expect exactly. them to have a five-star match but you can hope that they put something solid together and just you interacting with them could mean more to them than you know. Yeah, ex exactly. That means that means a lot because there's plenty of times where 
you know, uh, I've, I've gone to shows and stuff and I'm, you know, there's somebody, uh, guys like, Oh, it's my like, second match. And he's an absolute ball and he's a mess. You know what I mean? And, uh, but then when he goes out, you can, you can see the difference where like if a crowd, you know, reacts or gives him something, you can see, you can actually visibly see his confidence rise. And obviously vice versa, if they don't, you can kind of see him like get even more, more nervous. Like, I, and, and trust me, I've been in that same position as this guy I'm talking about. So, you know, just, just but that, that's just how it is. It means so much when fans react. That's why I feel like it's always important that's, that's to, to be... That's why we do <laughs> Exactly. It's always important to be engaged as a fan, but also remember never to cross the line. <laughs> oh, exactly. Don't, don't, just don't. Please, I always tell people, or, or, or fans or whatever, I said, please stay on your side of the guardrail and we'll be all good. Yeah. That's it. Exist- you cross over, it's free game, and we have every right to, you know do whatever happens yeah you guys got to protect yourselves from from crazy people we're just lucky that it's not you know memphis in 83 anymore and no one's trying to throw a cinder block through lawler's window <laughs> yeah right right, <laughs> right? Not, none of that or like freaking people trying to attack you know bruiser brody and he's like nah i'm not taking him hit that or yeah or ape, ape on people yeah it's just it's not or those st- stories about, you know, Ted DiBiase in Mid-South literally having to fight his way back to the dressing room after a match. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that was, that was, those were the, those were the Wild West days, man. Oh, by far. Now, I, I don't know why, but I'm a huge venue guy when it comes to wrestling. I just feel like there's some places that have more of an electricity in the air than others. Are there any yeah. are there any venues that you've wrestled at that you love to be there? Oh, uh, any ones that I've been at? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few, um, and honestly, like, a lot of them have been uh, venues that Immortal Championship Wrestling has run in. Um, but one of them, which is kind of odd, is uh, you know you you wouldn't think it like oh that's a venue you like to work in is uh, the the Elks Lodge in Amsterdam. And that's because I had so many meaningful matches in that building, whether it was for Dynasty or Immortal. Uh, that's actually one of the, the closest venues you guys have to me. So I'm, I'm always at those Amsterdam shows. And, and you're right. I don't know what it is about that Elks Lodge because it's, it's not a special building. It's kind of small parking is almost impossible because that place gets packed and then because there's so many people in there it gets so loud that it's just it's crazy i mean the last time i went i had to like sit myself in like a back corner almost by where the concession stuff was because there was nowhere else to go (laughs) yeah that that venue can get really sold out like really quick and uh, like I said, I've had I had so many meaningful matches there. Uh, but I had like I don't know how many matches I had with uh, with Sergeant Fury, you know, back and forth and everything. Uh, yeah, that was that was the I remember. And again, this is this is tossing it back to to Dynasty. But I remember that was the building where he pushed me off the top rope and I went through the table, went right through the announce table. That was and that was probably one of the biggest reactions I ever got just from people going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and that's, that's yeah, the that best. Was, that was crazy. Uh, so you mentioned New Japan and how you'd love to work there. So obviously Cork, you, uh, Cork and Hall is a, uh, is a big goal, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, that venue, uh, that, that I, I'd take that over MSG at this point, or even over the Barclays, Cork and Hall. Absolutely. That means you, to me, if you are working Carrick and Hall, and and especially if it's with New Japan, you've made it. I don't want to hear anything else. You've made it. You're over. You're on your way. To me, that's just how it is because that's that's that standard to me. Yeah, or I mean, people that I've known uh, who who have had the chance to work there, even if it's not with New Japan, if you. 
I mean, I get that the building only holds like 2,100 people, but if you sell it out, that place is like the Mecca. It is absolutely nuts. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of times it isn't the number necessarily of fans. It's, it really has to do with how much each of those fans is into it and what they're seeing and what they're giving back. Like, like give me, give me that venue over, give me that venue sold out with, like you said, only 2,100 people. I'll take that over a, a venue that might hold 10,000 and only 5,000 people show up and they're just sitting there doing nothing. So, you know, unfortunately I hate to say this, but Monday night raw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people where, I mean, uh, WWE hasn't really held my attention for long periods of time, you know, for 20 years. And I mean, I'm guilty of of complaining about it, but at the same time, I also realize there are other options. So I can either keep complaining and bitching or I can take my attention elsewhere. That's what I chose to do. I mean, I still keep up with certain things because there are wrestlers there that I enjoy but I'm not going to force myself to watch a product that I don't like. And I feel like more people need to know that's an option. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah. I feel like big people like it's, it's like any, any show on TV. Like if you don't like it, just change the channel. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like I equated to like, if people are like, you know, I really don't like the walking dead anymore. Okay. Just change the channel. Like me personally, I used to love the walking dead. But at this point, like they, you know what I mean? They they got rid of the two characters that like I really was holding on to, and they got rid of one. And I said, "Up, oh, that's it. I'm done." And I haven't watched it since. And it's fine if other people want to watch it. I don't hate the show, but I'm just like, eh, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Same thing. Change the channel. You I, know what I mean? You you don't like Monday Night Raw? That's fine. Just turn on, you know, Wednesday Night Dynamite. If you don't, you know, you just wait till Wednesday. Or uh, conversely, if you don't like that, or you're not liking that, or what the E is doing, well, you know, subscribe to New Japan World, go watch MLW Fusion, NWA Power. I mean, there's like you got you got options, brother. Like you have YouTube if you want to go watch like some independent stuff too. Like hey, you got stuff you can watch. Oh, and, and there's IWTV, which exactly as, perfect example. There you go. Which I tell you all the time, like you have the choice of hundred, like a over a hundred promotions on there and you can't watch it all. Literally. I, it's, it's probably impossible to watch everything on there, especially with exactly. the amount of content that comes out. Well, was coming out regularly and you know, it's, it's much easier to fall in love with promotions there. It really is. Yeah. Like that's, like I said, people that have options, they need to use them. And to me, you know, complaining, it's not, it, it's pointless. Like, if you really feel some type of way about it, just don't even, don't even worry about it anymore. Like, WWE, a lot of times, like, I, I don't, I don't really keep up with it, honestly, either, even as a wrestler, you know, or even as a wrestling fan. Like, I just don't. It's that, it's not my flavor of ice cream these days. It just isn't. So, you know, I might see highlights. I might kind of keep up on what's going on. You know what I mean? But, I don't know, I, you know if, if anything from WWE I do watch would be probably NXT, you know, and their takeover events and stuff like that. But like other than that, like I said, it's it's I watch I go back and watch matches or I go watch top tier independent promotions and matches from there, New Japan, MLW, you know, etc. Like that's that's just what I do for me because I, I when I watch wrestling I. I do watch it as a fan, but a lot of, because I'm a wrestler as well, I watch it like I'm studying film. I can't, I, it's, I can't take myself out of that because I'm a wrestler now. And I feel like anyone who's ever stepped between the ropes, that's something you look at. You're definitely looking at it with, with different eyes than anyone who's just always been a fan. Absolutely. You can't, you, you'll never be able to, You'll never be able to just look at it as an unbiased fan again. It's just one one thing you, you in a sense, have to sacrifice if you've, like you said, step between those ropes and right, you're a wrestler now, you're training as a professional wrestler. That's just, that's one of the things you kind of just leave behind is the, those, you know, watching it through the eyes of a kid, you can't do that anymore. 
No, no. And, I mean, you mentioned all the options. That's probably my biggest problem is that I have so many options that I stretch myself thin because I'm, I, you know, I'm watching New Japan. And then uh, I have Nico Pro, which is the Japanese equivalent of IWTV. So I can wa- try to watch as many Japanese indies as I can. Then I have IWTV and Stardom and Marvelous. And there's just so much out there that you can watch. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, like I said, pick something that, you know. Pick one of them <laughs> and just watch it. If you don't like that, go pick another one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's very simple. Very simple. But... Uh, now, you wrestle all over the Northeast, uh, you know, very popular around here with Immortal. Uh, you're down in Paradise Alley where you, you've done some great stuff. Uh, how strong do you feel like are the current scene is in this area? And where do you see yourself in it? As far as um, the... As far as the current scene, before I got put on pause, I feel that this area has a ton of talent. Like the Tri-State area has like some of the absolute best talent you're going to find on the independents, certainly on the East Coast. And again, this isn't, you know, I'm, I'm not throwing shade at anybody who, you know, let's say is on the West Coast or is up in Michigan. Any, it's not how it should be taken. It's literally just from my own experience. And from talents that I've met and I've personally worked with, like these, there is talent in this area that they are, are pro wrestlers and they want to wrestle pro wrestling matches. And there's some, like I said, some of the best talents from this area. Like I, I worked a match against uh, Richard Holiday. It was a triple threat. There was another guy in it, but Ed, he's from Connecticut. You know what I mean? One of the, best workers you're going to find from Connecticut, you know, go down to New York city in that area. There's a ton of talent from out of there. Go to New Jersey, ton of talent out of there. You know I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. The amount of, of, from, you know, New Jersey, New York city, Long Island, Connecticut, you know, and, you know, even around here, you know, like, you know, myself, you've got, you know, Christina Marie is like, from this area as well she's incredibly gifted and talented as well so it's like and then you know go out a little more towards central new york there's a whole ton of crop of guys that are from out that way that are just awesome so to me this area is has a plethora of talent as far as where i see myself in it i feel that i am hanging with all those guys Uh, however i also feel that um, like I said, before the pandemic, I was starting to hit my stride. I had a lot of big opportunities that were lined up, uh, you know, just a lot of really good stuff going on. And obviously, you know, that got put on hold for now, but I felt like I was on the, on the rise and on a path to kind of break away from the pack and kind of rise higher than that to the point of, being able to go for tryouts with big companies and do, and, you know, you know, just continue putting in the work and maybe, you know, get some more eyes on me and maybe have people get interested in me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I felt I was at. Yeah. And I totally, I'm, I'm totally with you. You're one of those dudes where the fuse was lit. You were ready to blow up. And I think it's still going to happen. There's, there's just no way it doesn't, but the whole pause ruins everything, but you're definitely a guy in, once this is all over, just, you know, give it six months and we're going to be seeing you in a whole lot more places. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely the, uh, definitely plan, man. And, uh, thank you for that, for that, uh, that support, man, for those words of encouragement. Cause, uh, I could definitely use some of those with, uh, the state of everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely, you know, it couldn't have happened at a worse time because just wrestling as a whole for, you know, the indies and especially around here, everything was on that upward trajectory. And then to kind of just clip it in the knees has been just awful. Yeah, exactly. Um, now when the pandemic is over, uh, you pretty much just mentioned that what your goals are, but do you have any like ones that are specific? No, I mean, my, my, I would say if there's a one specific goal is to simply, when it comes back, is to make a statement as far as my level of work and that 
you know, just make that statement that, yes, I can be the guy, you know what I mean, at whatever promotion, you know, is, you know, gives me the opportunity and whatever promotion brings me in, that I can be the guy that they can look at and go, that's the guy. That's our guy. We're going to push him. He he doesn't disappoint. He always gives us the match of the night, you know what I mean, match of the year. Like, that's the goal is to be that level and also uh you know on top of that it's kind of like um it goes hand in hand i want to say it's a side goal but hand in hand with that would to be to get tryouts with you know with new japan with mlw ring honor nxt stuff like that you know push myself to be noticed enough for them to actually bring me down or bring me in and take an actual look at me because you know you need to a lot of guys need to understand that people don't know that they're out there yet until they've been discovered there's so many good wrestlers out there but you need to like let them know who you are because when they know who you are then they're going to actually look at you and then they're actually going to see you and go oh this guy actually might fit in with our company this guy actually might fit in with this that we want to go with so when that happens that's when you're off to the races. Yeah, and you're definitely a guy, I don't know why it's these two promotions that stand out to me, but I feel like either MLW or Impact is where you would fit and where you would be used correctly. Like, you wouldn't get lost anywhere. People wouldn't look past you. It's definitely a place where they would know everything you can contribute and they would use that to its best ability. Yeah, yeah. That I, those are those are two that are definitely uh, goals. Definitely looking at them, especially MLW, because you know not only do you know, like I said, I've mentioned, I, I you know I know and I've worked with Richard Holiday. I also know and have been on a million shows, you know, with their their announcer uh, Mark Haggerty, who's um, absolutely awesome, awesome dude, great human being. Um, you know, so that'd be cool to have those two as. Uh, you know, as regular coworkers. Plus, when they do their tapings, it's down in New York City, so that's that's not really, really all that far to travel. So, you know that, and I just love their product. The yeah, product's awesome. They're they're definitely one of the top alternatives we have. Now, uh, if it's cool with you, can I ask you some random questions that have nothing to do with wrestling? Yeah, yeah I'm with it. All right, uh, what's one fashion trend you just don't get? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't even like, cause I don't really pay attention too much to like, uh, to like specifically to, to fashion or anything really, honestly. Um, I just feel like, you know, I kind of have my own style and I kind of just like focus on that to be fully honest. I can't, I can't really, I can't really think of one specifically (laughs) right now at the moment. That that's fine, man. Uh, this one's always important to me. Grape or strawberry jelly? I love them both. I love them both. But if I had to choose, I I really do too. Um, If I had to choose, I'd have to say strawberry. Oh, I'm I'm grape jelly gang for life. All right. Okay. Uh, We'll we'll agree to disagree, but it's okay. But I still love grape. I got love for grape. That's not what it is. But if I had to choose. What was your favorite pet's name? Oh man, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of like, I've had a lot of pets. Definitely a lot of cats, so, but I really, really like loved them. So that's kind of that's kind of hard. Uh, I did have this one cat when I was growing up. Uh, he was great cat, awesome cat. Um, we called him uh, we called him Boo Boos because he always would come home with some like injury or whatever like that. But he was like the toughest cat ever. And then like, yeah, he was one of those cats that like, he just he he. I swear he was a dog before he was a cat. Like he was reincarnated as a cat because he'd follow you on like walks because he was an outdoor cat, but he would follow me on walks and stuff like a no leash and just follow me. Great cat. And he kind of just like, I think he just one day just didn't come home. So yeah, it was a good cat. Great cat. Oh, that's the worst when that happens. Uh, all right. It really is. Yeah. The last one I got is, what's the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? <laughs> creepiest basement I've ever been in. Um, 
I think it was more creepy just from my perception of it. I don't know why, what it was, but my, in my parents' house, there's one side of the basement that's kind of like, it just kind of like everybody uses it. And then there's the one side of it that's like my dad's part of it. And, uh, if you don't have the lights on, like you go in there, it's super creepy. He's got like all sorts of stuff in there, you know? So when you're like a nine or 10 year old kid, you're like, uh, you're young, younger or around there, you know, you're like, oh, this is like really super, super creepy. And for some reason he decided to, uh, he decided to mess with me one day because, uh, you know, I had seen, um, it was from, it was from Star Trek those uh the the villains the borg they like assimilate everybody and everything they're like they're just creepy as shit so he decided to troll me and he had one of their like little like laser target things and he just came out of the dark and just scared the shit out of me <laughs> when i was nine years old i was like yo you suck dad <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so that that it, it wasn't it wasn't so much creepy from the sense of a, like you know like it didn't have water dripping from the walls or like weird mannequins or anything like that. It was just it was more just my perception of it, why it was and the age that I was at of why it was creepy. So that was. That that's still a really good story. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, again, thank you so much for doing this. Um, uh, do you have any, uh, you want to throw out your social medias and if you have any merch anywhere people can grab? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, as far as social media, you know, Facebook's pretty simple. Let's just search Rick Recon, you know, come up and pretty easy to find, uh, on Instagram, Rick underscore Recon. Twitter is Rick Recon at Rick Recon one. Uh, and as far as any merch like that, I usually sell at shows, but I am getting a, uh, I'm going to get an online store set up. It's probably going to be through either Pro Wrestling Tees or Teesprings. And, you know, you'll be able to purchase. Once once that's done, I'll obviously share the crap out of the link, you know, all over my social media so people will be able to find that. All right, man. Awesome. Uh, you know, everybody with their stimulus checks, remember to save some for Rick Recon's merch. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. You know, you can put a, a little bit away. Like, you know, it, it, listen, if you can finance, if you're financially okay right now, because I certainly don't want anybody breaking their banks and not paying their bills during this uh, stressing, stressful time. But uh, but if you're good with that and you got a little bit of extra, yeah, you know, put some towards your boy, Rick Reed. All right, man. Again, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I hope to see you soon once everything is, is all over and we can go see wrestling shows again. Yeah, man. Thank you. You too. All right. Take it thank easy, you. brother. All right, man. You have a good one. Bye. Okay. All right, everybody. That was Rick Recon, uh, the current uh, Immortal Championship Wrestling Northeast champ. Uh, great dude. Uh, solid performer, as I was saying. It's easy to find a lot of his matches online. Uh, Paradise Alley has stuff up. Immortal has a ton of stuff. Just search Rick Recon on Facebook. Uh, he mentioned uh, BWF. He's got some stuff from there on there, too. So, uh, as always, thank you to my wonderful, beautiful wife, Shelby, for putting up with my shit like she is currently right now. And uh, I'll see you guys in a few days. All right. Love you. Bye.